For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love requires cling to the wall. Amen. Open your Bible with me to the book of Esther. Esther and chapter number 4 and verse number 13 is where we're going to start. Esther chapter number 4 and verse number 13. This is going to be a two-part series on the book of Esther. So we're looking at Esther. The book of Esther gives us a very interesting glimpse of the exiled Jews unto the Babylonians and the Persians rule uh, as it describes gentiles ill feelings toward the jews and the jews escaped from a massacre about 100 years after they had been taken away from their country and esther is going to play a big part in this the interesting thing about the book of esther is not once in this book is the name of god mentioned and is the only book in the bible of which this happens where God's name is not mentioned. So God had hidden his face from the people because of evil, which they had done. You can read that Deuteronomy 31, 18, but he still loved them and was watching over them, even though he was maybe not happy with their, what they were doing. So he raised up Esther and Mordecai to save them from one of the greatest dangers of the jewish their history and so as we think about that now look with me at the passage esther chapter 4 verses 13 through 17 we'll read then mordecai commanded to answer esther think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the jews for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time then shall their enlargement and deliverance Arise to the Jews from another place, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me. And neither eat nor drink three days, night or day, I also... And maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. God's word goes to great, great lengths to show us that faithfulness is not just a trait of a prophet or a preacher or a disciple. Faithfulness. God can use a person that is a nobody. As a matter of fact, that's who God likes to use is the nobodies. But faithfulness plays a big part 
in that. Now, Mordecai was Esther's spiritual guide in life, a family member that had taken her in, raised her, spiritually mentored her, and played a big part in what Esther was going to do for the Lord. He went as far as to tell her that if you don't do this, God will raise somebody else up. So Esther here is a beautiful illustration of one who began as a common person and showed herself to be faithful in the direst of circumstances. And God chose to use her. Listen to me. God's looking for people just like that today. A person that will be faithful in the direst of consequences. Whether it be among your own people, where you're at, wherever God has you. He has work for you to do. But if you won't do it, just like Mordecai told Esther, God will raise somebody up to get his work done because ultimately it is his work. It's not mine. It's not yours, but it's his. It's God's work. So Esther is a beautiful illustration of that. And the situation she faced and overcame through faith, that's such an important part, through faith, she overcame those circumstances. And we as believers are going to encounter this sometime in your life. You're going to need faith to step out on to make those decisions. And you go, you know what? I love what she said when she went before the king. She said, and if I perish, I perish. She had already made that decision that I don't care what happens. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And man, when God sees faith like that, it pleases him. Yes, I said that. It pleases God, faith does. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So if you don't think a little thing of faith can please God, it can. It can move mountains. The Bible said, if you'll have but grain as a mustard seed. If you don't know what a mustard seed is, it's probably the size of a BB. The Bible says if you have faith that size that you can move mountains. Imagine what you could do if you had a mountain of faith. And so Esther responds, responses are certainly worthy of us, for us to study, for to get great encouragement from, and some helpful biblical principles. It is packed full of good principles, even though the name of God is not mentioned in this book, God's Fingerprints. His divine intervention, his divine planning, and his divine timing is all over this book. Amen. Even when God may not be happy with you, God still loves you. And God still wants to use you. Now, what had happened was Haman is going to go before the king. He's going to want all the Jews to be killed. The whole race. Now, we've seen some hard times here in this country, but we've never seen anything like that, where let's take a whole race out. Uh, the worst time I can think of is um, maybe 9-11. That was really bad. There was a lot of people died unnecessarily through some evil. But even further than that, if you go back to the, the Great Depression in the 30s, it was bad then. I mean, 9,000 banks had to shut their doors. That's a lot of banks, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of people were pulling their money out and the bank couldn't afford to give them their money back because they, everybody was pulling their money out. The stock market dropped by 80%. That means if you had $100, it's now worth $20. If your house was worth $100,000, it's now worth $20,000. 
that's how much the economy dropped. That is huge. That is massive. Uh, the New York City Police Department in 1932 said there was 7,000 people that had a shoe shining business on the street just trying to make a dollar. All you need was a milk crate, a rag, and some black polish to start a business. And that's what people were doing. They were trying to survive. They set up little towns. I mean, and I don't mean little towns. I'm talking about these huge, they were like 10 miles by 10 miles square. If you think everything doesn't fall and rise on leadership, you are wrong and direction and who you're following. Because back then, during the Great Depression, they built these towns, these houses, out of cardboard boxes, out of crates, out of pallets, whatever they could find, flattened out Pepsi cans. And you know what they called them? They called them Hoovervilles because they were so disappointed in President Hoover back then that they named these towns, these shacks, these shanties, these homeless destinations after him. That's what they called them, Hoovervilles. They were highly disappointed in his leadership that he had not done something to help it. Everything, ladies and gentlemen, rises and falls on leadership. And that's true in the church and that's true in the world. Uh, leadership is very important. Who you follow. What is my point? My point is Esther was following somebody, and that person happened to be Mordecai, who was given her spiritual guidance. And he was willing to do that, and she was willing to seek it out. So if you are older in the church, be willing to give that advice. Be willing to take somebody under your arm and say, you know what? You know what? Let me give you some good advice. And let me just tell you, the advice that you want to give them, it will not be the advice that they want to hear. Good advice is not usually what you want. Good advice doesn't usually stroke your ego and make you feel good about yourself. Good advice is usually hard work, but it's good advice. And if you're younger, be willing to seek those people out. Look at Esther. She was willing to listen to her spiritual mentor, to her spiritual father, the one that was leading her. Look with me now in Esther chapter 3 and verse number 8. Esther chapter 3 and verse number 8 and 9. And Haman said unto King Ahushra, there is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the province of the kingdom. And their laws are diverse from all people, neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasure. Haman is going to the king and want him to make a decree to kill all these people, the Jewish people, that is, saying they don't profit you. They don't do anything for you. They're not good for you. They're not good for you to be around. And the truth is, it was really about him. See, Haman was mad. He was a very powerful, very rich man. He was mad that Mordecai, who was Esther's family member, would not kneel down to him. Just like Daniel's friends would not kneel down to anybody except before God Almighty. Haman's pride was hurt. And so he was going to take it out on Mordecai by trying to kill all his people. So he's going before the king, and he even says, I'll pay for it. If you'll do this, king, I'll pay for it with 10,000 talents of silver. That is tons and tons of silver, ladies and gentlemen. So Haman was obviously an extremely, an extremely wealthy man. That would be billions of dollars in today's money. He was so angry, 
so upset, so hurt, so sour, he's willing to spend billions of his own dollars just to hurt these people. You know, life doesn't go as planned normally. The best played, the less, the best laid plans of, of men and mice usually go awry. And that, that's definitely the case, it seems to be the case in Esther's life. But listen to me, the sovereignty of God made sure that it was also the case for Haman. Haman was out to destroy God's people. And listen to me, when God, if you're a Christian, you're a Bible believer. They're not just coming up against you. Uh, they're coming up against God and God's plan. And whatever God's plan is and that he has for you. See, all Mordecai could see was Haman and Esther. And he was going to take them out. But the truth is, it wasn't about Haman and Esther. It was about God Almighty and his people. Haman really had no idea what he was going up against. Or he would have never, never tried it. But people never do. He believed in himself and he was serving himself. Self and Satan go together. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I said that. Self and Satan go together. Because that's what Satan will do. He'll come to you and it's all about you. It's all about just serve yourself. Where God said, it's not about you at all. It's all about me and my work and what I have for you. Will you, will you answer the call that I've put on your life? Will you be like Esther? Will you say, I'll serve God no matter what? And Satan, listen to me, Satan will often attack and, and do everything he can to harm God's people. And that's exactly what he was trying to do here. See, the Jewish people are God's people. And that's happening today over in Israel. The same thing. Satan's up to the same tactics. Still trying to take out, still trying to hurt God's people, even though he never will. Oh, he might kill a Jew here or there, but he'll never take out the Jewish people because that's God's chosen nation. He made promises to the nation of Israel, and God will keep his promises. His promises are not based on what the Israeli people do. His promises are not based on what the Jewish people do. His promises are based on him and his word. God is faithful to his word. Amen. I'm so thankful for that because I mess up so much. But God said, I'm faithful. I love my people. I love my sons and my daughters in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Once your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, it'll never be erased out. I am so thankful for that. Amen. God is faithful to his word. So here we find the Jewish people being threatened with their very destruction. But Esther did not flee. She became a vessel that God could use. And I ask you, are you going to run away? Are you going to become a vessel that God can use, that God can fill you with? Look with me now in Esther chapter 4, verse number 11. Esther chapter number 4 and verse number 11. And this is Esther speaking here. She says, All the king's servants and the people of the king's province do know that whatsoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king and to the intercourt who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. Esther said, I, I need to go before the king, but he hasn't called me for 30 days. Why? Because 
If you were if you went before the king without being summoned by him, it was, it was a law that you would automatically be killed unless the king held out a golden scepter and that scepter saved your life. And you were able to speak before the king. But you didn't just go before the king and say, King, king, I got something to say. You didn't go before the king unless the king called you and wanted to speak to you. Otherwise, it was already written in the law that your life will be taken from you unless the king holds out the golden scepter. It is important to understand that God is greater. Listen to me. It's important for you, for me, for everyone to understand that God is greater than any king, any president, any prime minister, any worldly leader. God is greater than them. When you get on your knees to pray and talk to an almighty God, you're not talking to some king or some president. You are talking to the maker of heaven and earth, the moon, the stars, the sun, and the sea, the ones whose words are so powerful that he spoke everything that we know into mere existence into this world. And if God's in it, His work will get done. Amen? When God's in it, all you have to do is walk through the door. When God's in it, all you have to do is be obedient to Him. So although it's been noted many times, the names of God doesn't appear nowhere in the book. God's handprint is everywhere, all over the book of Esther. And Mordecai, Mordecai was confident that God was going to preserve His people, and I love that. I love that. He knew God's going, to, God's going to get somebody to do this work, Esther. Esther, will you do this? Have you been put forth here for such a time just as this, that God has something for you to do here and the now? Notice that God's not going to force him to do it. God's not going to force you to do it. There's something that's so sacred, God himself will not touch it. Do you know what that is? That's your free will. God wants you to choose Him. God wants you to choose His work. Even in the garden, when everything was perfect and there was no sin in the world, there was still one tree, one tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And they could do anything they want except eat from that tree. Why? Because they had to have a choice. In order to have true love, there must be a choice. They even had free will in the garden. And their free will, they sinned. You have free will now. And God will not touch your free will. God wants you to choose Him. So while the world would think uh, the king is unapproachable, Esther here, after being instructed by her spiritual authority, was willing to approach the king. The Lord is looking for people today who are willing to attempt for God things that the world would say is impossible. The Lord is looking for somebody that is willing to attempt great things for Him. You say, well, I, I don't have no connection. God is looking, listen to me, God is looking for people that the church themselves would turn their head from. God is looking for people that society might even throw out. But God says, you don't got to have no friends. You don't got to have no connections. You don't got to have no money. You don't got to have no, none of that. I already got all of that. All I need is you. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Will you have that willing spirit like Esther had? I'm sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to do the work of God. I choose that. And it's always a blessing to see someone who cares enough to make a difference. 
Even the world's gotten a hold of this. People want to feed the homeless. That's a great thing. It really is. People are hungry and they shouldn't go hungry. That's a great thing. Even in the church, when you want to see people saved, when you care enough to go out and knock on doors or, or bring little boys in church or to teach a Sunday school class or whatever God has called you to do, when you care enough to actually do something, people see that. You believe what you're saying. You're putting some real work and some real effort in that, and it's a blessing. It's an encouraging to see others do that. And the Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. And it's obvious that Esther cared deeply for the safety and security of her own people. She cared about them, and she was willing to put her faith to her feet and do some work. Amen? Moving forward for the Lord. In fact, she cared so much that she, like the prophet Jeremiah, could not help but to take action. What Jeremiah said, he said, is like fire shut up in my bones. I have to preach. It burns within me. It's got to come out. I've got to proclaim the word of God. He had to do it, he said. And that's what Esther saying. I'm going to do it. Will you? Do you have that feeling? Do you have that desire? I'm telling you right now, when you get right with the Lord and your spiritual life and your walk with the Lord and where you should be with Him and your humbleness, you will want to work for the Lord if you're a true born-again Christian, whatever the case may be. And you say, if you're bound in the bed with cancer dying, God said you can pray. You can lift up people in prayer. You can read His Word. You can get closer to Him than you've ever been in your whole life. Maybe you don't have no money. That's okay, but you got time. Give your time. Maybe you, you have lots of money, but no time. Then you can give your money. All of us have something to give to the work of the Lord. And I'm telling you right now, when you truly care, you're going to put some work into it. Amen? So truly, when you care, you will do something. And here's a good example of that. Have you heard of the General Robert E. Lee? And at the Frederick, Virginia, there was a civil war going on. And the, ar the Army of the Northern Virginia, it was basically a one-sided slaughter, this, this battle. I mean, it, it, it was bad. It, it was at the Repnick River in Fredericton. They had a very strong position behind a wall. And they basically just annihilated uh, them. They, they killed thousands and wounded thousands and all night long, during when it got dark, here these men are out in the field, just they're just wailing, crying, wanting some help. They didn't have the best paramedics back then. They didn't have a nine one one. You can call an ambulance to show up and take you to the hospital. These these men were in a battle. They're laying in a field, dying, riddled with bullets. But one man, there was one Confederate soldier, by the name of Sergeant Richard Kirkland, of the Second South Carolina Volunteers. He sought his commanding officer and asked his permission to go out and carry water to the suffering soldiers. He didn't have morphine. He didn't have a stretcher. He said, but I got canteens of water. I can take them. I can use what I have to help relieve their suffering. Don't you know what a comfort to that was to them, man? Do you know that man went out into the middle of the battlefield where all of them, they were shot down? And the war was still going on. Of course, it was at night back then. But do you know that not one shot was fired they seen? Because a lot of what he was doing was doing it for their enemy. He was giving them water, the ones that were dying. A little quench of their thirst. And do you know that this day, there's a statue depicting Kirkland's, the, the sergeant, Kirkland's compassion. There's, a, there's a, a monument of him and how he helped both sides. Both sides refer to him as the angel of Mayor's Heights. He cared enough to put himself in harm's way. Will you care enough to the work of God? 
to reach out to this world to tell him that they're dying going to hell without the Lord Jesus Christ, that they're a sinner in need of a Savior and need to be born again to repent and put their faith and their trust in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.